0: So it's been a year since I came out as gay. Before I go further, my Instagram bio reads Christian, creative, considered. That's how I attempt to frame my output. When it comes to writing about this, at first for me more publicly, I hope to bring these three things to the foreground once again. All I ask of you, the reader, is to read this with an open heart and mind, and to offer me and yourself the grace needed to humanize those around you, no matter their worldview. That's not to say I agree with their worldview, but to respect their right to differ in opinion. With that out the way, 7th of November 2021 will remain a memorable day, as it marked the day I first acknowledged my sexual orientation at life. I decided to honestly live out all aspects of my life, including that, and I'm so much better off for that. Now I write the following for myself, and to share it with you, because maybe you, or someone you know, can resonate with some of my experiences sharing in the pain and the hope I now have. And if you can't, that's fine. I reckon I struggled with looking at some of my past for a long time too. (laughs) When I was in my early tweens, I was busy being awkward and shy and a bit rigid in how I felt about myself. Nothing untoward for the teenage years, I think. I thought of myself as someone aware that they had no idea what was going on with their feelings, hormones, or emotions. Puberty really complicates one's view of themselves as they learn to handle what it means to get older and more com- more complex as a human being. All the while dealing with the day-to-day of life, which seemed ever more dramatic as the hormones and butterflies of sheer bizarreness of existence seemed to excite, frustrate, and confuse me often. Never was this more apparent to me than when it came to conversations surrounding the opposite sex course, the other lads were thinking about it too, who wasn't in some form or another. Both sectors were waking up to the fact that they actually might like each other after all. But it was weird. As bodies changed and emotions arose, it felt like now driving a sports car when you previously practiced in a go-kart. You have no idea what you're doing, but the shiny toys, fancy gadgets and go-faster energy of it all bubbled incessantly through my memory of high school. In hushed tones at school parties, in less hushed tones in the lads changing rooms or around the benches at lunch. People had this on their minds. I was no different there. But in those conversations between mates, a girl would come up in conversation or should I say it, a conversation about her body or a part of it would come up. I wish I could say we acted more maturely than we did but we didn't. We were teens and have now hopefully grown past such thinking. I say we because it doesn't feel great to act as if I was immune to joining in such conversation. A bit reluctantly, albeit, but still. However, whilst I was parties to these chats as I got older, I can't say I ever felt comfortable during them. And as soon as such conversation started, I longed for it to be over. Because I didn't know how to contribute. I didn't want to either. But I wanted to be liked. I wanted to blend in. But in my head, I stood out like a sore thumb against some of the other guys. I just wanted the ground to swallow me up. God forbid I said something stupid. My feelings towards fancying any girls were neutral, at best. Growing up, I related better with women, and even now, I feel a need around them that I felt I had to work out with other men, especially my peers. I just felt like I was existing outside the expectation around me at times, and I didn't know how to express that without being called a poof, killjoy, gay boy All words that have been spat at me and around me at some point growing up at school. I remember not wanting to talk about crushes or the upcoming weekend's party with classmates. For fear of tripping up and saying that i had found some of those conversations degrading for the girls in question but the desire to be like trumped the desire to be understood or to understand so i didn't bother it was only years later that i could understand that crushes were normal but mine just didn't seem like that because they were for other guys i didn't consciously choose to be attracted to men i'm not even sure how you choose who you're attracted to certainly with some of the fear stigma self-loathing and self and the isolation I've experienced and have seen in the lives of other gay and same-sex attracted people I can't see why I wouldn't choose to be attracted to women if that was a tangible reality my life last thought it would have been exponentially easier if I could and believe you me, I've prayed for that day after day, night after night, throughout my mid and late teens I wished it wasn't like this that I could just be normal, be straight and then things would get better but it wasn't like that I can say wholeheartedly that in my view, pray the gay away has not helped me one bit and hindered me more times than I can count. I felt for the longest time that something was broken in me from the start that I wasn't capable of this kind of desire or attraction for women which seemed, for all intents and purposes, the only way forward. I grew up in a Christian family, a strictly practising one like that and my parents, God bless them for all that they did get right, didn't really foster an environment in which I actually felt like I could open up about what I was going through then. dad is a pastor and rightly or wrongly I felt that there was a reputation attached to my family because of that. It wasn't possible just to live. It wasn't possible just to live all my thoughts and emotions in the open. And fair enough, living that way in the extreme emotional expression all the time wouldn't likely have been the right thing either. But I was suffocating under the silencing and repression I put myself through whilst living with a sense that something was off that I just couldn't fix. I prayed. I journaled, I wrote poetry about the idea of being not gay, and how much easier I imagined life being. In addition to all this, time in my own head, the teenage years almost inevitably came with risks that came with social media and the internet. Social and physical comparison, jealousy and envy, gratitude, feelings of isolation, and the risk of seeing things were unhelpful, to put it mildly. Pornography was one such thing, I came across it maybe when I was eleven, twelve, 12 maybe. It was the kind of thing where after the first instance of engagement, it was easy to see why people use it. Even though you know you shouldn't be seeing this, you couldn't unsee it. And what's worse, that offered, alongside the internet more generally, a chance to search whatever was on your mind, in your heart, and subconsciously bubbling under the surface, without the fear of judgment or misunderstanding. I fell into the habit. It became a place to shelter away from all the things I didn't understand, and then the curiosity and confusion over my sexuality, the sense of shame and self-loathing for feeling how I did, and the felt sense of isolation of dealing with all this on my own became quite the fixture of my teens and it's something that thankfully I've been working my way out of over the last few years. But these wounds of the closet, as my upcoming podcast guest puts it so helpfully, are the things that are still being healed today. Coming out has been a big step in my healing journey thus far, for the simple reason that gave me permission to come out with my shell and start reconciling my sexuality, my faith, my sense of well being into a more positive, cohesive, less self detrimental way of progressing forward in life. I remember the first time I told anyone about my sexuality and what I was going through. To a few of my best friends for a teary voice note in 2020 maybe. That was just not on a good place with all of this. I remember sending those messages and just realizing that I may have just socially complicated my entire life. I had no idea how they would react. I told them because eventually I had to needed to tell someone, anyone that I trusted and who had come to know me well, that I was struggling. And the responses were fantastic. Not in that they affirmed anything particular or had an idea of what to do next, but just that by letting me know that they see me no differently than before, that we're still friends, we're still brothers and this, that that right there is all I really wanted. It was to know that I could stop going through all this feeling so alone because you do just feel so alone when your brain is broadcasting all of your fears and there's no other channel to choose from. Now I said before that that was the first time I told any close friends about this, but it's not the first time I told anyone. I sought counselling in 2017 whilst at university to try and get to the bottom of all these messy thoughts. It was free and I think one of the most formative experiences of my life. I spoke to a counsellor, who incidentally had the same name as my mum, and when I had our introductory meeting she asked, so, What brought you here? And in 50 minutes of new breathless monologue, I outlined all of the fragmented jigsaw pieces of my mindset. I told her all the thoughts, fears, and traumas I was trying to make sense of, and how I thought things connected. I basically let my guard down long enough to tell her that I just needed someone to listen and to help me figure out some of this baggage. And help me, she did. I don't think my counselor will ever hear this, but I need to reiterate how amazing she was at helping me become more comfortable with myself. Good counsellors are gems to be treasured. In any case, those first two experiences of talking about this, with friends and with professional help, really set me on course for being honest with myself, not beating myself up for all the things I didn't understand, and actually brought me closer to facing my sexuality for what it is a gift from God. Power of me, and nothing to be ashamed of. I eventually told a few more trusted friends and the pastor of the church I attended for at university. And with these chats in the background, you're really starting to coax me towards a disposition of seeing that I'm not only my worries and fears, that I'm loved, I am known, I'm loved by God. And because of all of that, why I, with some more work in progress, will be just fine, eventually. This is about coming to terms with sexuality, and offering that like the rest of my life to God. For me now, that means acknowledging that I'm gay, and not shuddering at that thought. And also that upon praying on and reading the Bible's teachings on marriage and sexuality, understanding that it's not condoned by God to express that in same-sex romantic relationships or in marriage. I'm okay with that. Does it come with challenges? Absolutely. But life does come with those. And this just happens to be mine. In faith, I'll put God first. And in seeking the kingdom first, all other things will be given to you. It says in Matthew 6, 33. That can be many things. I'll cherish my friends. I'll show myself and others as much grace as I can muster. I'll forgive those circumstances of before and play my part in improving the future, not just for me, but for others who are looking to feel loved and known. I think that's what we all want, and people are just deciding what they'll worship in order to get that. It's this renewed sense of purpose and self-acceptance and self-sacrifice that forms much of my sense of self now. Going forward, Part of what I want to do is continue writing these blogs and making these podcasts in an effort to be a Christian, creative and considered. And I'd like to add Compassionate to that list. When I'm gone, morbid, I know, I want people to be able to say i fulfilled those four things at least. I've had to show myself so much grace and compassion these last few years and pray for that from God too. So whilst I'm living and working out what life is going forward for this God-made man, I want to make sure I'm doing all I can to show the same grace and compassion to others. Mm-hmm. Hello, hello. Before before I sign off, I know that um, earlier I kind of mentioned my view on on marriage and what that could look like for me or not look like for me. And I thought, flawed does I... Hope it's not, but I'll try. I'd like to try and offer some sort of context to that. If you're reading this later on the blog, I've left um, notes and links to the things I'm talking about, but I thought I'd I'd just share it now. I think when it comes to my understanding of Christian marriage, the simplistic rationale I can offer is, in my understanding, marriage was created by God for one man and one woman, to act as a trailer as such, to the movie that will be the spiritual marriage of God and his church. And that spiritual relationship is between God as male and as the church, i.e. the collective church of Christians, as female and is often referred to as the bride in the Bible. Hosea 2, 16-20 particularly stands out amongst the many references, but I'm sure there's more. Um, There's a video that uh, you can find hyperlinks on the blog from a great resource called Living Out, which really has been such a help for same-sex attracted Christians. Um, that offers a bit of a look at that concept, but essentially, Marriage on Earth is just a trailer for the movie. Um, the full works is, of all that is the reconciliation between God and his church at the second coming of Christ. But as God is male and the church is considered female, one cannot be substituted for the other. So God can't m- marry God, essentially. So likewise, in Earthly Marriage, it's a trailer. A man and a woman cannot be substituted for two men and two women. In this way too, a marriage is a celebration of the union between two different things. On heaven, the difference between God and his church, and on earth, the difference between men and women. I think the saying of opposite subtract does check out here, and I think it's maybe also why we've heard in descriptions of same-sex relationships of one man or woman having more of a masculine or feminine role in the relationship. Now that's not to say that there's nothing for those who are Christians and remain single, whether that's due to same-sex attraction or even to be heterosexual but have just not been able to marry. um, I think can hold hope for the fact that there's so much still to be thankful for and celebrated, even as we are single, I think singleness is also a gift. And I think that we can absolutely celebrate what we've got whilst we have it. Marriage or singleness, sex, all of it is not for everyone, despite what culture would have you believe. And I think that's okay. Justice is okay to want to be married. What I would say that, and what I would say is that as a culture, a church, a collection of Christians, and just generally speaking, we so need to improve how we meet and love those who are single, LGBT, both. So much hurt has been caused. Lives have been lost and spirits have been crushed by the church's inability to love as it was called to do in Matthew 28. Again, I'm not calling for churches to cast aside the traditional sexual ethic I've described above. But damn we we can do a better job of loving people and meeting them where they are than we have done in the past. The first thing is to take responsibility and the second is to make improvements to our ministries and church cultures to be more welcoming to listen to people and not just to judge and to treat people as people to be loved, not issues to resolve. Um thanks for listening to this kind of shorter clip. I kind of wanted to make it um as you can maybe tell it's me, um recording the transcript of the blog that hopefully would be up by now or sometime around when this goes out and I just thought it was really important for me I think to record to make something like this to provide some context and um, uh, thankfully I've been still creating things and um, some stuff that I've been wanting to share for a while but I just felt that given what it would touch on I didn't really feel comfortable doing that without giving more of a context. And as I said, this has only been um, a year that I've been able to really start talking about this with people, and even that has come with its ups and downs. But I feel in such a better place for having, I say, come out. I don't think coming out is necessarily a fantastic way to put it, but it's the only, the only, but it's the most commonly understood way, and everyone kind of knows what you mean when you say it. Um, but I've been still creating some poems that I want to share. Um, I've actually just recorded another podcast not long ago with my um, first overseas guest recorded with um, an American guest um, on Time Difference. So hopefully getting that out nice and soon. Um, And yeah, so let me know what you thought of this. If you've got any questions. I'll be making an effort when I'm putting the blog up. I'm going to try and collate a lot of the Resources that I've looked at during the years books, podcasts, other things that have kind of helped me i guess more like intellectually understand sexuality God's view on it, what that means um same sex attraction, all those kind of things um so yeah, I hope this has been helpful. I hope that like you know if any of this applies to you, I hope firstly you know that um you're not alone in experiencing things like this, and I hope that, and um, sharing things like this. I understand, people ask you, know, do you not think this is a bit too personal? That you know, do you really need to share things like this? And to be honest, the best thing I can say is, well, these were the kind of things I wished I had growing up, and um, you know, being able to hear from other people. Who were experiencing something like this would have done me a world of good you know when i really really needed it and i didn't have it then as i said let's you know i can move past that and we're we're working through things but i thought you know look i think if there's anything i can do to help those who might experience this going forward i'd love to be able to and i guess this is my small attempt to do that Um, so i hope it's been helpful um and yeah, I'll see you in the next one. And you know where to find me uh, on Instagram at a godmade man. If you want to, yeah, pop over any questions you've got about anything you've heard, anything else you want to say, comments you want to make, please do. You know where to find me. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening, and remember, we're always somebody's neighbor.